Yo, how goes it? Oh, so <laughs> all those contingency plans that we spent freaking all last week making just in case fucking shit hit the fan. Well, good fucking thing we started because shit fucking hit the fan. It's weird oh, how you God. know that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to move right into real talk. So, dude, Ivy Smoke. I probably shouldn't name blast her, but Ivy Smoke. I the heard, girl. I've heard not good things about this new book that she just did. I have it buckle. all over the place. People are buckle afraid. the fuck up, Buttercup. Okay. Um. So, she's the one who wrote those crazy books that we read. We um, that yes. literally made us start this damn podcast because <laughs> the books were no, so incredibly. I, can't, I don't fucking think I can insane. Any of this. This is just gonna be. I don't. I don't want to get into more trouble. <laughs> well, let's see how it rolls. Listen, getting canceled like once a week. <laughs> see? So it doesn't matter. So she's the one, her crazy ass books started this because her books were so fucking insane. They didn't have any real plot or anything legit to them, but they were so fucking insane that we felt the need that we wanted to talk to each other about it because they were so fucking insane that it started the need for this. But that's the thing. She has so many fucking books that are like nutso like that, that she doesn't, she just leaves hanging and she stretches things out so much. But honestly, I follow her on like Facebook or something because I want to find out when the next thing's coming out. So we can just be done with that. Yeah, whole because thing. it's the one where we're like, is it, is he actually a genie or I don't know right. what's happening? Yeah. But the thing is, the other day I saw the post like, oh, I did a thing kind of thing. And it was like, with all the hype and everything, it just flew out of my mind. And I made a, I made a book in three days. I just made just for you guys. I knew it's exactly I think I heard someone say it is written exactly like it was written in three days. Have you read this yeah. new book? I have not because I did not want to. So, so she I have seen literally slamming it on TikTok. Well, yeah, because she literally went, oh, Oh, everyone's talking about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey right now. So I'm going to make a book saying this is what I think happened with them. And literally didn't even pretend it wasn't about them. Names and everything, basically. So pretty sure she got a cease and desist because now she's taking everything down, not even allowing people to comment about it or say anything to her about it. So I'm pretty sure legally she's not allowed I don't, especially if she used their names. Taylor Swift's team is definitely not going to let that happen. And there's enough books the out there The cover that have... even has the jersey with the 20, yeah. I saw the cover and I saw people who have read it. Yeah, I didn't read it myself. I didn't read it either. I did not want to. So now she's getting freaking slammed everywhere. Right. But I've seen a lot of books with Taylor Swift in them. With Like the playlist has Taylor Swift theming throughout it. Um, and I've seen other books with the theming of Taylor Swift, but it's not so blatantly, this is them. Oh, but she even advertised it as yeah, this is them. That's that's how it was advertised from the first post I saw. And I was yeah. like, this is not going to end well. The book was only 120 pages. It was a super short novella. Yikes. Yeah. Yes, Mama Jamma. Someone says, and this is a day ago. One day ago, this happened. My theory is that she knew it would and figured the money would be worth the potential negative attention, especially with it being in Kindle Unlimited. I'm not sure that was the right call, knowing how Taylor Swift tends to react like things. Like, that's the thing, too. That's like fucking with Disney. Yeah, you don't with Taylor Swift. Like, there's standards in life that you just know better. Mm -hmm. You don't fuck with Disney. You don't fuck with Taylor. You don't fuck with Beyonce. You just, you know who you don't fuck with. You crossed a line. Yeah. You can fuck with Crystal, but you can't fuck with Nancy. I don't have money to sue you, but please don't write a book about me. I write She's a book. you plenty of ammo. Just I dedicate it first. I have just dedicate it to me. It's fine. If you want more info on my life, I have a book pre-drafted already. I've got twelve chapters written. To Crystal with love, with lots of urination, and maybe some anal. The peeing thing bothers me the most. The anal part doesn't really bother me that much. Don't forget I just don't the gun like play. it. Yeah. Other than that, I haven't quit this week, so there's that. So oh. I'm hoping that this well, month will be better for books. 
because last I know September was not a great reading month for me but this is uh an October video so it's it's spooky month it's not an October book though but but it's okay oh what did we read this week okay this week we read three Swedish mountain men by Lily Gold and it's a reverse harem rom-com heavy on the rom-com and I loved every minute of it and I laughed spoiler alert into reading it we we've done it before you could fuck off with your spoiler and every alert. time I say spoiler alert it was good yeah it's not an October book it's not like a spooky book but honestly that's okay the we wheel wants what the wheel wants yeah. And the wheel gets what the wheel wants. And we just accept it. As the wheel turns, our fate is in its hands. These we just are do what the we're days told, man. Of our lives. These are the books of our podcast. I fucking love you. This is great. So, three Swedish mountain men. Yeah. Uh, our three Swedish mountain men are Cole, Riven, and Eli or Elias, and our female main character is Daisy. Mm-hmm. Daisy is a high school teacher. Cole is a wildlife ranger. Riven is a doctor, mm-hmm. and Eli is a ski instructor. Yes, it opens up in this cute little town. Ariel, I think you'd love it here. Our FMC is walking across the main road of this tiny town to head into this cute little diner along this road. Just keep. Bear with me. She starts out begging a little to the grumpy man behind the counter for some coffee. Apparently, she's had five cups already today. I mean, I understand, and he understandably complies. Because this is Stars Hollow, and this is Luke Steiner, and oops, this is not the book. And yes, Ariel, I have watched three episodes of Gilmore Girls. No, I was looking through my notes because I was trying to figure out what I did wrong because I'm like, she didn't go to a coffee shop. She wasn't looking for coffee. Actually, I was going to say, this book opens with a really cool playlist, which includes There She Goes by the L.A.'s. Yeah. It opens in this cute little town. I was so confused. I was like, this is not what I read. Did you not see the... I was like, coffee shop. Like, oh, this is not... <laughs> she didn't drink coffee. I'm like, so the, first, the first one I wrote down is Moon. I'm going through and I'm like, what did I miss? Then I'm going over to my Kindle. I'm like, what? You know. It was great. I did not write notes for this book. That is the only thing I wrote. And I just wanted you to agree to let me do it so I could do that to you. I was just surprised that you didn't get... I tried to keep it as vague as possible, but I was hoping that you could get it. You're welcome. Because I was too busy trying to figure out what I fucked up. I was like, I'm pretty sure I read the right book. So, no, no, we did not watch Gilmore Girls, but I sincerely needed to... That'd be fantastic. I just had to do that for Ariel. You're welcome. So realistically, this book actually opens up with her. With a moose. With a moose. Which. Not a coffee shop. Listen, I can tie it. I can tie it in. You ready? Ready. Jared Padalecki, who plays Dean, also plays Sam in Supernatural, and his nickname is a moose. You're welcome. Bring it back. I was like, where the fuck are you going with this? They call him a moose. So, I don't know how I can recover now. I don't know either. Wow. This is great. You're welcome. <laughs> so, three Swedish mountain men. So, it opens with Daisy. Daisy is on a fresh start. She is fleeing her old life. We find out that she's been fired from her job, that her boyfriend screwed her over. and But it's for reasons um, unknown as of right now. It, we have vague little insights. Like, we know that... It's because of him that she got fired. She's fleeing that even her parents won't talk to her. Her There's friends definitely won't talk s- to her. Sexual undertones to do with what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that it had to do with him sending something to her school and like outing something. And I wrote right in there like sex tape question mark because that was the illusion that it gave us in the beginning of the story mm-hmm. and we learn more about it way later on and how oh, absolutely. absolutely i'm just fucking shitty this dude is sorry he made me absolutely but i was just yes. that's the hint that we have at the beginning when we open so she's fleeing she's taking some time to herself she is finding herself in a area kind of like when 
mass holes decide to come up to way northern New Hampshire for the long weekends in the snow. And they find themselves in like snow drifts and snowstorms, and they have a little bit of trouble with that. That's what this reminded me of because all of a sudden she's having quite a bit of trouble getting through the snow with her car and there's a big giant moose in the road and she doesn't know what to do. So she starts honking at the damn moose. Sorry if you don't have moose where you come from, but yeah, that's not what you do. You try to get the fuck away from that moose because those things will- You leave the moose alone. The moose will destroy you. (laughs) So she did not get that memo, so but my car. And she ends up spinning out and then slamming the back of her car into a tree. So luckily, a truck sees this happen. And in that truck is Cole and Eli. And they come help her out. And Eli is all gung-ho about helping her. And Cole's like, damn fucking tourists. And the snow is getting bad. There's no way that they can get her back to the town where she's at. So they decide to take her back to their cabin. I did have a highlight in this very first chapter, which was perhaps I'm actually dying in the snow and my brain is just providing me a soothing hallucination of beautiful men as I slowly bleed out. That would be nice. I also have, (laughs) I can walk myself, I mutter. Did you learn recently? You're not good at it. So... I did like the dedication, though, before we get too far in. It said, for everyone who's ever needed to run away. And I just, I thought that was nice. So I think that her past was really left with a lot of unanswers. She just kind of gave us these vague little, oh, someone spray painted whore on my door. Someone did this. Someone did that. She's getting whore in her emails. Like, she's getting a lot of Lots of nasty letters. Right. So she booked it to Sweden. And so now... She finds herself in Sweden in this car heading to this cabin with these two men that look like Greek gods. And she's just like, holy shit. But she also thinks she might be about to die because they might have kidnapped her. Who knows? Yeah. But it's really her only choice. So this part of Sweden, though, the storms come in and the roads are blocked. Like It's because they're you're really, not getting out for days. They're like really close up to like the north. Yeah. Polish and in, they're in the mountains. Yeah. And so... Once they're back at the cabin, they're snowed in and they're stuck in. She meets Riven, who is there. And as the doctor, he checks her out from her accident and makes sure that she's, you know, not dying. And they agree to let her stay there to wait for the roads to clear. Cole is not happy about it, but Eli is. So it's okay. And Riven is kind of... On the fence. Yeah. Yeah. But... The snow stops, but they still have to wait for the roads to clear. And she helps them shovel out the drive and everything. Much to the chagrin of the boys, because they're like, you're hurt. And she goes, fuck you. I'm going to do my part. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I, yep. Yeah. And Eli finally gets his way and they kiss. I will say another highlight that I had was a little bit earlier when they were talking about she didn't want Cole to tow her car and everything because... She is very, very protective of her identity. But then they were talking about it'll take a while for the roads to be cleared. There's a settlement. And they're like, they have a mechanic. Do you have your wallet? And she hands it over. And they're like, seriously, you made all this fuss about Cole towing your car, but you just give him your wallet? And she goes, well, there now. Yeah. I'm already here now. If you guys are murderers, I won't need the money when you've hacked me to pieces. There were some cute little bits. They have some quips throughout. And I do love the fact that she jokes about them being murderers this whole, like, all in the oh, beginning. Yeah. And they're like, fucking serious. There's a gun back here when they're in the car. Yes. And an axe. Well spotted. Can't explain why. No. Yeah, then. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So it was cute. it was cute. But so, yeah, so Eli wastes no time getting right in there. He's like, ooh, baby, I got a hottie. But Riven wants to see her bruises because they notice her like wincing and she will not lift her shirt up. And then Eli's kind of doing it sneakily to also get her to lift her shirt up so he can look underneath her. But they've also had some chemistry. Oh, for sure. Well, as they will mention that Eli will have chemistry with any woman who walks. (laughs) They've been stuck in for a few days. They've been playing games, eating together, shoveling together. It's adorable. It's just so funny. And she goes, are you fucking kidding me right now? 
She liked Eli kissing her, though. Oh, no, of course. She just uh. didn't like the shirt part. <laughs> so For the, the road's finally clear enough, though, to go get the car checked out in the yeah. closest town. Not clear enough to go back to her Airbnb thing or whatever, or the place she yeah. rented. But the closest halfway point that has a garage and finds out it's going to be a pricey fix. And she comes out to meet out to meet the guys. And there's this old guy in the square that recognizes her and starts accosting her. But he's talking to her in Swedish and she can't understand mm -hmm. a word that he's saying. It's also helpful to note here, too, that with the car and everything, she learns pretty much, I think, at the beginning that everything in her trunk basically is ruined. And she had brought a ton of canvases with her because she has decided to start painting and she wanted to do some commissioned work and she came there to see the northern lights so the, and the paint, paint and, to, yep. and all her canvases are now completely busted and if anybody yeah. knows canvases are really fucking expensive stupid expensive and now money. this car is going to literally take all her money and that she now saved she's for concerned about having a way to make more money <laughs> and yeah she's feeling a little bleak Yep. But yeah, this old guy is screaming at her in Swedish. And she does not speak Understand. Swedish, but Riven does, who steps out into the square and sees what's happening and can hear the guy going on and on about like giving him a t- good time kind of thing and how much he knows she likes to take it up the ass and all kinds of stuff. And it's, like it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Riven's like, let me get you the fuck out of here. And he takes her to eat and to and she's cool like, what are we saying? And he's not great things. He just thought he was like a drunk being weird. Oh, yeah, exactly. And she knows something else. She's hiding secrets. The- secrets shocking friends. So she gets something to eat with Riven. And she learns about Riven's family. And That's how, yeah, they're not the greatest humans and they really care about status and money. And his dad like goes out of his way to get criminals off. He's a lawyer. And even if they're guilty, oh, especially on somebody guilty. else. Yeah, because they pay big they money. They pin it on someone innocent. Yep. And that, he, that his family really wants him to come for the summer and they keep offering him money to do it and all kinds of stuff. And it's just been weighing on him. And then they kiss. Riven and Daisy, but then she feels almost guilty because she's like, oh, I kissed both of them, but I'm not in a relationship. It's okay. Then they head back to the cabin and they're all drinking and enjoying themselves. And this part's so funny. <laughs> she was all concerned about the sharing thing. Right, she and they're like, blurt yeah, out. I kissed him. And he's like, yeah, I know. And then Riven's like, I knew you kissed him before I even kissed you. We do this thing. We've done this before. They dropped a little bit of a hint earlier, too, because they were talking about how like, Eli they, screwed up and said, like, our and our two. girlfriend, our ex-girlfriend did this. There's a lot of different hints that get dropped about what mm-hmm. happened. But nothing concrete. Too right. Yeah. All you need to know is everybody has little secrets. And but they, they all come eventually out. come out. And they're like, it's okay. We do this. And then they did this. And they decided to share her. Yeah, they did. Bada bing, bada boom. Boom, 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 boom. I, was, I want I you in my room. room. Except they were room. on the couch and <laughs> in the living room. And there was also two dicks involved in this banging. Boom, boom. Two dicks are better than one. Two dicks are in the room to go in one vagina. <laughs> Sorry. And one in the mouth. That was not safe for work. We're <laughs> yeah. never safe for work. I don't know no. if anyone listens. Do not to listen to us in a drive-through. <laughs> don't listen to us around children. Just kidding. Anyways, <laughs> shocking! It's that kind of year. Another storm comes. Shock! Ah, storm, and not storm from X Men. Also, Cole is just being very broody. The thing with Cole, he's so broody and he doesn't want her there. And he like does keep thinking like she's such a liability with everything. And he's uncomfortable. And obviously we learn later on why. And he has his reasoning as to why he is keeping himself at a distance from Daisy. I mean, they're good reasons. So while they were boom booming (laughs) in the living room, there was this weird line during that part that 
I think it's just a me thing, but I didn't like. Um, it was, I drop a hand to tickle between her legs. Oh, yeah. Please don't tickle me between my legs. And I was like, that's worded weird. Can we not word it that It is like worded And honestly, I enjoyed the sex scenes in these. They weren't bad, but there were a couple lines like that that I was just like, could you have worded that a little differently to go with the rest of the scene that you I, orchestrated? Yeah. Yeah, I do like the fact that they comment all the time on her size. And she goes, yeah, but my leg can kick high enough to kick you right in the balls. <laughs> I'm not too short for that. Yeah, they kept tell- saying how short she was, but then nobody ever actually said how short she was. No, Eli Eli calls her Tink all the time, but she has a Tinkerbell tattoo. <laughs> like When he goes, oh, it's this. And she goes, what? Because it's their word for a Tinkerbell. And she goes, yeah, what? And he goes, oh, she's, oh, from, like, Disney. And she's, like, it's Tinkerbell. And it was just so fun. Like, the Mm. little small things here and there was adorable. Yeah. So, yeah, another storm came in fast. And she has a bad feeling. She knows something is wrong. Cole hasn't come back from work yet. And they're all like, no, he's fine. He does this all the time. He's fine. She's like, no, dude, no. And she's kind of watching the window because she just has this bad feeling. And then it's a good thing she did because she sees him out there struggling to get through. Because when these storms come in, visibility is like nothing. nothing. So she throws on all the gear, hooks it out there to help him. And he is hurt. His shoulder has a huge bite in it that's torn up. And he's trying to carry all this stuff. and He's not doing so good. So she helps him inside. And they freaking throw down because he's pissed that she went out and risked her life for him. She's pissed that he's pissed. She's pissed that he doesn't think he's worth it. They just throw down and not in a sexual way, but they just, uh, yeah. you know, do their thing. <laughs> they do their thing. But so she's stubborn and this is not going to happen again. And he goes and gets fixed up and all that. And once the storm clears a little bit, she goes out and Starts makes a building. safety line. Between she takes like the main building, yeah, between the main buildings, between the house and then the barn the or whatever. Garage, the garage. And, and, then then the sh- and then the shed, even though Cole was like, is the only one who no uses one, the shed. like, no one goes there. I'm the only one who goes there. There's no point of putting one there. And she goes, fuck this. I'm going to do it anyways, bitch. If you use it, yeah, then there's a yeah, point. Exactly. So that if there's no visibility, they can at least use it to get to the door. Mm-hmm. Smart and thinking as well. Absolutely. Which, while she's doing that, Cole is in the barn garage area building her picture frame canvases because hers got all destroyed. And she's like, is this your way of apologizing? <laughs> He doesn't know. I don't have anything to apologize apologize. (laughs) It's so cute because he's so grumpy, but it was adorable. When he did that, I was like, oh my. It was cute. You know what he gives me? Like big Ilmari vibes a lot, like throughout this. Little bit. Because he's a big Viking mountain man. He's a big teddy bear. He's the, Um, well, literally. (laughs) So they had the guest room all set up for her, but she wasn't sleeping in the guest room once she started sleeping with Riven and Eli. At the boom, 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 boom. So when she came back in after finishing up the line, she found that Cole had turned that room into a little studio for her with all her new canvases and stuff. Yeah. It was great. So cute. It was great. It was great. So yeah, they head into town riding on a pony. No, they actually drive a car. (laughs) So because the roads are clear and all that jazz. And they see Johanna. And Ricard. So we learn that Johanna is the ex-girlfriend of the three of them. We do learn and they do tell the whole story. But the meeting itself is kind of intense. The boys are tensed up, especially when they first see her. Johanna comes across as a giant cunt bag, but that's besides the point. And then Cole has this visceral reaction seeing Ricard, the kid, and he is visibly upset. And fucking Daisy's got no idea what the fuck is going on. But she can. But see she don't they, like it. No, she doesn't like it. And she can see that they're so uncomfortable. It's just, it was tough. Ugh. And then later on, we learn the whole story. And then it makes me even more sad. Yeah. Eli just can't handle the confrontation with her. And he just takes off to go hit the slopes. While everyone else has to kind of deal with the confrontation. It's just, it's a lot. And so Daisy heads back 
after Eli to go check in on him and everything. And we find out that Sam, who is her ex-boyfriend, is still blowing up her phone, trying to get her back. He's been doing it the entire, like, he's book, been, like, Right. But she hasn't been reading the messages until now. And so we just see the messages now that he's trying to get her back. It's weird. Like, we know something major. That's what narcissists do. They really get you back. <laughs> we learn that Eli spent a year in jail, like, four or five years ago, and that he was framed having drugs in his car and we don't learn who it was but we learn that Riven's father is the one who defended the actual person who did it and then put Eli in jail for it and he's pretty overwhelmed with the fact that she believes him that he didn't do it Mm -hmm. because basically everyone wrote him off right away yeah, because she's like, you don't seem side. like the, she's, you don't seem like that guy at all. And he goes, this girl who has known me for a very small period of time believes that I didn't do it. But all these people in my life did not believe me, including Riven and Cole. They also didn't. And so but she like, knows what that feels like. So she exact, wants because, to give people the benefit of the doubt. So they head back to the cabin and find Riven, but between. Eli and Riven, they give Daisy the history of Johanna. Dumb bitch. So Johanna is the one who framed him. And then Riven feels really bad because Riven didn't obviously believe them until way later on when he found her whole ass stash. But we learned that she started dating all three of them, but then she decided to break up with Eli because she got bored. And she goes, how could anybody get bored with you? Which, agree, what the fuck? He is golden retriever energy and seems like the funnest person. But so she got bored, but she continued dating the other ones. And then eventually, Riven proposed to her. And they were- No, she broke it off with with Cole Cole also. That, and then she got engaged to Riven. And just, I hate this woman. Well, we learned that- it was basically all a setup from mm-hmm. Riven's parents. They wanted him to settle down with one. one girl and not be in this thing. So it was her drugs in the car. And when that got caught, Riven's father defended her and put Eli in jail and, you know, had that whole thing break off. And then she, they had her get rid of Cole. And just stick with Riven, but then she found out that she was pregnant. And she said it was Cole's. Correct. <sighs> so Cole thought he had a baby, was taking and, like, care of this baby. raised this fucking kid. And then the real dad showed up and was like, that's my kid. And it destroyed Cole. So Cole mm-hmm. seeing- They found the out kid- she's been lying and cheating this whole time and- because three men isn't enough apparently right and then they were wondering what else she lied about and then they found out you know with the eli stuff and it was a whole big mess it was a whole mess and it really fucked all of them up they've all been so destroyed which is why cole was so not ready to dive back in with everything because the one woman destroyed all three of them and Mm -hmm. wrecked their entire lives of course eli is such a softy and he falls so quick and so they were concerned with him in the beginning because they're like yeah, but you've got to be careful because what about, you know, Johanna? And he's like, well, she's not like her. And yeah, but the last time this happened, all of our lives got ruined. So they all kind of were taking their time. Cole took the longest to even come around to anything because, I mean, you find out you have a kid and then it's not actually yours after raising this poor kid. And all he wanted was a family because I believe his- Luckily, it wasn't that long, but he didn't have a family growing up. So that Mm -hmm. was his- thought of a family unit so he just lost a family it was that Mm -hmm. concept of a family it was so heartbreaking but somehow this heartbreaking conversation and situation doesn't make her reveal any of her information at all yeah well not only that that made me but somehow it gets them all horny i mean so they all get hot and heavy and then cole's in the doorway and then cole joins the party 
And then Cole because she's going to. And then they all. He's just staring and she goes, want to join? And he just like, I mean. I mean, he joins the party. Yeah, he does. P-A-R-T-Y, party. Also, throughout this whole thing, she's being super sketchy about, A, her past information. But anytime they've wanted to see her ID or see, like, something else regarding her, she skirts it. And the boys know. That oh, they know. Sh- they yeah. know because they're like, it's her ID thing again. And they're like, yeah. The garage calls and t- says that her car's ready uh, to be picked up. But a bad storm is starting. So yeah. she needs to pick it up after this next storm. It's like the fact that her car's ready to get picked up puts it into their heads. Like she's about to leave. Like she yeah. was only here until the car was done. And they're all having thoughts of maybe wanting to keep her. So she's painting and doing her thing and having a grand old time painting. When all of a sudden the radio starts going off. And that's how people get a hold of Riven, the local doctor. So Riven runs to the radio. It's not somebody who needs a doctor. But before that, he had asked her to stay. Because it gets brought up after the phone call stuff. Anyways, he is having this conversation with her. And he goes, we want you to stay. And she goes, I can't just do that. I can't do that. And he's, no, no, no. We're asking you to stay as a girlfriend. And she goes... Oh, well then hell yeah. Fuckers, I'm in. And then yeah, the radio happens. So they're on this high of her staying. And then this bullshit happens. And I wanted to smack Ribbon across the face. I'm just gonna put that right out there. Well, the person on the radio is none other than Sam, the ex-boyfriend, looking for Jennifer Adams. His girlfriend. Yes, his girlfriend. He's been worried sick looking for her. She disappeared he had word that she was up there. He just wants to hear her voice. No, she's okay. You mean like when she was texting you, asking you to leave her the fuck alone? I was going to ask how he found her, but he's got a lot of money and he could probably just track her phone. So Riven does not handle that well. And he goes, who the fuck is that? Because they give the description of her and she goes, well. He doesn't handle that well. He yells at her, um, makes her feel about two inches tall. And she takes off. She doesn't even pack. All she did was grab her wallet. And she took off into the storm. Yeah. Um, she didn't know that bad storm was, A, going to be that bad or was coming. They did. But they didn't know she just took off either. So Eli, Eli and Cole are heading back to the cabin. And they're like, shit, this storm is coming in hot and heavy and fast. And they barely make it back. They don't even have time to put the car in the garage. They just have to abandon it in the drive and book it inside because the visibility is like nothing. It's not good. They find Riven, find out what's going on. Eli's the voice freezing the whole time. He's like, dude, like we knew something was up. Like we just ask her. Did you even give her a chance to explain? And... So they look her up on the internet. Yeah, because she had said she didn't want them to know her name because she never wanted them to Google her or find any information about her. And yeah, so they do. And up pops a fucking billion things. So they find this article about this teacher who does porn on the side. Yeah, it was high school teacher fired after porn star history is revealed. And after an investigation, they fired her because adult videos of her were leaked to the school and parents of her students. And they decided to let her go for this. There's a direct link to the video and they click on it and they can tell within just a few seconds of the video that she had no idea. She didn't know she was being filmed. It's not obvious. So they shut it off and try to go find her to give her a chance to explain And they find that she has taken off. Yeah. And of course, they rail into Riven because they're like, well, yeah, we understand you don't have the trust because of what happened with Johanna. But you saw what happened to Eli. No one believed him and he didn't even do the shit. Like, you can't give her the benefit of the doubt. This video clearly is showing she had no idea that she was being filmed. And there's a reason that she did not want to give us her name and wanted to hide all of this away these people are fucking strangers so they realize that she's gone out into the storm that she's been gone for half an hour 
Eli is devastated. They he's there's no way that she's alive. Yeah, he's just thinking she's, she's dead. dead. She's dead. She's dead. Cole is determined to go look for her. He's like, This is my job. I'm we'll go get her. Riven is no, I did this, it'll be me. Cole is, you know, yeah, you did this. You don't need to create more problems by slowing me down or giving me someone else to look for. So Cole goes out to get her. Because he also was a park um, ranger. Right, that's what I said. It. Yeah, I know. It's his job, I, I, yeah. So Cole braves the storm to go get her. He almost feels like it's a lost cause. Yeah. Because um, with the visibility, he himself gets disoriented. And then he realizes that if she's not in this last place, that there's no hope. And luckily, she was smart and did seek shelter once it got bad enough and is hiding under these bushy area but she's literally not doing good her lips are blue she's She's barely hanging on she's in the hypothermia state of just she is her body he does find her yeah yep he realizes that you know even five minutes ten minutes it would have been too late so he's scrambling trying to carry her trying to bring her back but he's disoriented And it's not until his hip brushes against something that he realizes that it's the safety line that she built. And it's the only thing that's keeping them alive right now. And he's following it and he follows it to the shack, thankfully, because it's a lot closer because he didn't know which direction he was going in. He couldn't see. And so they hunker down in the shack and he's got his kit and everything his like survival kit yep. which has the heat blanket like everything to help so that they can you know survive in yep. a giant storm and of course he goes yeah and they always make fun of me for having all this shit but this is the reason i have this stuff so he has to strip her down get her in the blanket warm her up and he watches her like all night making sure she's warming up and she finally comes to long time later And he's not doing great at this point because he's just been sitting there watching her in his soaking clothes and she's awake and better enough that she can see that. And she's like, dude, share with me. You know what will make you warm? Sharing body heat. Wink. So they do. And even though it's very difficult for him with everything that's happened, she convinces him to kiss her. They share a kiss. Because he refused, because he wouldn't kiss her before. And he said that he doesn't kiss girls that he just has sex with and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, you won't kiss me because you're fucking scared and you're a coward. And she's like egging him on this whole time about the fact that he won't kiss her. And then he finally gets her to shut up by kissing her. It was adorable. And she was explaining how each of the kisses is so different with the three boys. Like they all kiss a little bit differently. And like Cole is very uninhabited there's a lot of biting going on you think because i saved you from freezing to death i want to kiss you it's my job to help weak creatures that can't handle the snow (laughs) but so they do and then they bang yeah though she's very particular that he needs to look at her the whole time because she does not want to feel cheap and used and that's a little bit of a battle between them two but it works out in her favor and he gets over himself it's just cute i like it he's adorable they just ride out storm together until it stops. Well, she rides um, him a little bit till her legs are too shaky because of the hypothermia that she just had. And then he takes over, so it's okay. Yeah, he does. So it's okay. So the snow eventually stops so they can get back to the cabin and let poor Eli know that she's not dead. Eli is very relieved. Phew. Riven is... Feels so bad. Yeah. Riven apologizes eventually (laughs) after Cole gives him a little bit of a what the fuck and everything's all hunky-dory now and they've chatted out and how they can have the possibility of getting the video taken down and maybe be able to utilize Riven's parents for them because his parents are basically like I will pay you all this money if you'll just come visit me. They just, they want to see him. So he, you know, using that as leverage to help her out. After and take Sam to court for all that he's done. Good. And we find out all that Sam did and how Sam, how she broke up with Sam. And 
he didn't want that. So he sent her the, the tape and said, I will make this public if you don't take me back. And she called his bluff because she's like, they're going to do that. That's insane. And then the insane man did the insane thing. And what's more, that wasn't enough, but the damage was done. And so she definitely wasn't taking him back at that point. So then he went one step further and emailed every single person on her contact list, Facebook list, email list. Every single porn site possible. Kids, parents. He emailed the video to all of them and the links. And destroyed her entire career. And you know what? Shitty parents being shitty parents because her parents didn't believe her. Her parents. This is your daughter, sir Mm -hmm. and ma'am. Shitty, shitty. So she finally gets to see the Northern Lights, though, that she's been come up to see. Out of ribbons, ceiling. Well, first she gets to see them outside, but she's not, you know, (laughs) she just almost died. So, you know, she can only last out there so long. So then, yeah, she gets to see it out the window because Cole went and shoveled it off for her. And then she gets a three for one special. Yes, she does. And honestly, the funniest part of this was the lube conversation. He was so like, I'm not sharing that lube with you guys. Oh, Eli, yeah. Yeah, it, he was so funny. Cole was just so growly and I, know. I want this now. Because it was just funny because if you think I'm sharing my extra tingly, heating, cherry flavored, super glide, female stimulating lubricant, you have another thing coming. They're like, you're willing to share a woman, but not your lube. And Eli's like, I own the lube. I don't own the woman. <laughs> and she goes, guys. And then Riven's like, I have medical grade. And she goes. As unbelievably hot as that sounds, I have my own. <laughs> Cole's basically, I don't fucking care. Cole Just give me something because something's wants, happening. Cole wants to get in there. And she hasn't done any of that since the video yeah. because obviously the video was her having anal. But yeah, and she gets double stuffed, baby. Triple, well, triple. But I yeah. still think it was funny, though, at the beginning of the book when she goes, are you guys going to spit roast me? <laughs> So, so then we fast forward three months later and she's coming out of the courtroom after having done their plan for Sam. Sam is sentenced to two years and they now have a cease and desist order to t- have all Everything the pics and videos taken down. Yeah. Uh, and they see her parents in the courtroom and they're all like, I'm sorry, I didn't believe you. And then Cole... My man, he gets all up in there and is like, you're a piece of shit for not being good parents and believing your kid. And good job, Cole. Good job. And then her parents are like, oh, come back with us. And she goes, no. I'm going to stay with my boyfriends, plural. And they're like, your boyfriends? And then it's just so funny because like her dad is clearly shocked. But at the same time, this is whatever. Her mom accepts it a little bit like she goes just forgive your dad you know it's a lot of information he didn't even want you to have one boyfriend not let alone three yeah i don't care still shitty parents. and she says you know if i'm honest i don't forgive my parents i know i will someday but right now the wound is too raw it's kind of heartbreaking that it took a judge and jury to convince them to believe me when i've been telling the truth this whole time exactly fuck the parents so so then we have an epilogue and Mm -hmm. that epilogue is two years later it shows her paintings are going well. She has all kinds of shows going on and she's selling them and she's doing really good with her preferred alternative career because she really wasn't that super into teaching. She really wanted to be the one to paint and be the one the painting. Things. And it kind of ends with Rivens staring at her swollen breasts and she's wondering if he knows the secret that she has to tell. And that's kind of where that ends. And then we get um, a bonus epilogue where And she then we is get a bonus epilogue. Pregnant. Yep, she is 8 months pregnant and Cole is just adorbs. I did read yep. it for the record. I was really bummed that Cole wasn't just the father. We didn't have that. You know, Eli's just but... like, I'm the dad. Can you just say I'm the dad? Just say I'm the dad. Yeah, it's okay. Just, just I'm the dad. He goes, Shh, don't tell anybody else. I'm the dad. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. he just. Like, I just wanted it slapped in his face. Nope, it's Cole. 
It's so funny because I don't want to compare the books, but it's just so funny because he gave me such Jake vibes from fucking around. It's funny that you thought about that so much when it just, it didn't even dawn on me. It didn't come to my brain at all. It was just like the personality because he was such a golden, right? It's, they're very different books. Very different. No, I wasn't. I just, yeah. I was just interested that, you know, popped in. Who was your favorite in this one? Cole. Sorry. (laughs) Me too. That's okay. I Me too. Loved him so much. I'm surprised that he's yours, though. Usually, the grumbly bear men are mine, and I figured Eli would be yours. Nope. Ugh. Give me a grumpy dude. No, I loved him in this, and I just I. Yeah, Cole I liked Cole. Man. Yes, I liked Cole a lot. Who's your least? I have a lot. So many to choose from. <laughs> so many, and I don't know who to choose. I'm gonna just blanket and oh. say all the parents. All the parents plus all the exes. Pick one. No, I can't because uh, because Sam ruined her career. But if he hadn't ruined her career, she wouldn't have met them. So I guess not. Johanna was a giant cunt bag. So I guess the parents then. It was just really hard to pick because there was so many people to fucking hate. What did Amazon rate this book? So Amazon gives it a 4.3 and Goodreads gives it a 4.0. What did you rate it? You said you really liked it. I gave it a four. Four. I gave it a 3.5. I enjoyed it, but it it was good. I enjoyed it. It just, I don't know. It I felt like it was missing some pizzazz for me, I guess. I don't know. I wish it was longer. To bump it up. Maybe that was it. It just, it felt like it zoomed really quick. Dude, I fucking destroyed this book. Not in a way that, like, oh, I had to keep reading. So, I mean, yeah, but it just, the story just zipped by i mean i liked that part of it that's why i was like so thrilled because i was so sucked into it that i finished it really quick so i guess that's why well, i did it higher i'm not saying it didn't i didn't have a suck in quality i'm just saying yeah that was cool but for me okay, it so that's like why the i read timing it so of the book yeah it was so yeah. zippy for me the know. zippy part is what i liked about it gotcha i, really I think i just it. i miss there it was so much like different stories and so many different things going on that I feel like I wanted more relationship with them I wanted more them I I, I wanted more it was good like 3.5 just I wanted more on a scale of one to two one being the better mountain man book that we have read oh Cole hands down I'm telling you right now the reason that I picked this book and the reason this book was on the wheels because Ariel and I got burned by a mountain man book and yeah we had to read listen Cole's a great mountain man. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yes. Yeah, I feel like this book was just about Cole and we had that entire book just to devote about Cole. Solid. How about your cucumber rating? I'm... She's going to rate it relatively low. There was quite a few scenes. There was... I was going to say, I was going to rate it a five or a six, but I was thinking about taking it down to a five because of the weird tickling. So descriptive ways. I love you so much. And it was the way that it was written, not because of the actions, but the way that it was written. I was given to seven, so I loved it. It was great. Good. There was enough of it. It was very, I liked it. I feel like they could have had more scenes where they were together. There was only like, what, two where they shared? There's a few. Two with all three of them, one with two of them. So it would have been... It would have been a six if the wording was better all throughout, but I'm going to put it a five because of those weird wordings on a couple scenes. Okay. Look at that. I don't want somebody to put their hand down and tickle in between. That's not the right description of what they were doing. That's what I mean. You didn't use the right word. I think I bypassed the tickle. I didn't even pay attention to that part. Oh, I highlighted it. I didn't. I didn't. Because I was like, I highlighted it and I was like, what the actual fuck? Well, I wasn't paying attention enough, apparently. All right, Wheel of Fate, where it's getting lower and lower every time, and it's great. We're having a great time here. Having a good time, having a good So here we go, Wheel of Fate. We're going to pick the new book for next week. Will it give us space for love? Because that would be really nice to end Halloween on. Yeah, <laughs> or Viper. Give us We're some put- Halloween vibes. Give us some Halloween vibes. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. This Halloween, is Halloween. Halloween, Halloween. Come on. What are you going to give us? Marrow. That could work for Halloween. Serial killers, right? Yeah. So, Marrow. 
by Trisha Wolf and Bryn Weaver. Two rival serial killers, one common enemy. Forensic anthropologist Dr. Jack Sorensen is the perfect serial killer. In the bright lights of his public persona, he's a respected scientist, a leader in the field of human decomposition. But in his shadowed secret life, he's a ruthless and elusive killer, unseen by the authorities who have failed to follow his faint trail of destruction. Beautifully cold, brilliant, and cruel, Jack wants nothing more than to keep his life captured in his vice-like grip of control. And Jack Sorensen never makes mistakes. Until he underestimates Dr. Kyrie Roth. Wildlife biologist Kyrie is the enemy Jack never noticed. Another murderer in his midst, a killer with equal cunning and stealth as the great Jack Sorensen. She knows all his darkest secrets, even the pieces of a past he might have forgotten. Kyrie has created the perfect habitat for her favorite research subject, but she's finally had enough of being bitten by the beast that lives at Jack's core. Ooh literally. Pushed past her breaking point, Kyrie has decided to do whatever it takes to make Jack suffer. But when Kyrie's traumatic past descends on her broken oasis, the only person who can help Kyrie banish her painful shadows might just be her greatest enemy. History can't always be left to decay in a cold grave. Time has a way of thawing secrets, leaving them to shine as bright as bleached bones in the sun. Can Jack and Kyrie set aside their battle and survive a world built to hunt them? Or will they kill each other first? So, yeah, join us for... So excited. Marrow. Yeah, no. Next week for Marrow. A little ghost in between. Yes, I was going to say we have a special (laughs) coming out on Monday for ghosts. Because this This is is Halloween. Halloween, 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 Halloween. We don't like Halloween fucking love halloween not at all no i don't like it i love it